Warning the following program contains world premier certified ball players and credible interviews. Latest hottest content material may not be suitable for people with the following medical condition original phobia. Acute player hater disorder. No jumper. No handles. Allergic to playing defense. If you suffer from any of these conditions, contact your coaching staff. Welcome to License to Ball podcast where certified ballers play, and now here's your host, Hip Hop. Thank you for joining the show. License to Ball podcast you listen to. I'm Hip Hop and Jerome, co host. We on this thing, we're going to chop it up and break it down. Get this thing going and popping, man. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Shout out to Hip Hop, man. Y'all be sure to go check out everything Hoop Hustlers, man, at Hoop Hustlers on every social media platform. And please be sure to check out Jim Brat Insiders on every platform. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So, man, you get, I got a lot of I, – I think this one's going to be more opinion-based than anything, man. You got, you got what's going down, like the Peace Jam we're going to be covering today. We're going to be covering – we got two interviews from two commits out of Atlanta. You got the guy at Etowah High School, Brandon um, Rex Steiner, committed to um, Virginia Tech. And then you got Brigham Rogers going – what's that school you're going to, man? I, I lost my train of thought with that guy going, Brigham Rogers, going to Belmont and then Nashville. They make the tournament almost every year. So he got a chance to start from away. We're going to listen to both of their interviews, got caught up with them. Then get caught up on this Adidas 3 SSB. That's crazy. I like the gauntlet better, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and the Under Armour stuff, man. Yeah, man. It's just, it's just more organic, man, I think. Uh, it's just more organic, man. And, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't take away what the EYB has done. And the number of players that get drafted from the EYBL, you can't take that away from what EYBL has done. But you know, it, it become it becoming commercial, commercial uh, to the point you don't even have access to some of the players, man. And it's it's just you know it's to the point where it's like, okay, is this AAU or is this a professional league? You know, uh, a minor league. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, you just. It, it leaves something to be desired, man, because it's it can be so much better. But I understand some of it because they got to keep it organized like that. If not, stuff would be really, really bad. I, I agree. I, I understand what you're saying. Man, I'm just – I've been doing this for a while. So when I'm not used to being a move like I can move, it really bothers me. Me it, too. Me too. And 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 reason why I say that is, this is for the kids. I know they're making a business, but they they pulled this stunt before, but they revive they refine a stunt. 
when they really start feeling themselves, they made it where they shut out. If you remember, they shut out all media except for ESPN and 24/7 and Rogers and Fox. And they said they're gonna do that, do it themselves. And I, I'm pretty sure I still got the email. I got an email middle of the season, basically in the nicest way, begging for me to come back saying we could apply for media credentials again. In the middle of the season, they found out it wasn't working out for them. They're shutting everybody out. And I also, I had a, I had a, I was feeling some type of way, so I didn't even blind again. Like, no, y'all, I'm not going to y'all events. Not this year. And then they were, then when you came back, they were online saying if your video wasn't more than one minute, they're going to flag it with YouTube and get it removed on promoting their event. You're going to have a minute video. And it's gonna look and check online. So what? Yes. <coughs> wow. Yeah, wow. real tight restrictions. So they that didn't work out for them. So they refined it a little bit, loosen up the restrictions, but they have a lot of players. And we knew we already knew who's gonna be the player tomorrow. We'll be covering them now and talking about what they're going to do tomorrow. But that's what makes this thing so special that we really don't know. We got a good idea and see what who's doing what. And I like to, I'm always riding myself on that, find a player that people that they, they slept on. I like to try to find that player they slept on. They're not focused on. So I like, I like to try to do that. And they missing the boat, and that player and they pro and they system is not being covered because everybody going to cover the same players out of all the players, right. they got, which but is here, crazy. Here's the thing: it's like AAU has always been big for being able to see these players before they make it big, right? And mm-hmm. not only just being able to see them, but being able to sit by them, go up to them, and high five them. These are amateur players, man. They're not professional players, so you know AAU always been that, and so now. You know, with, with the EYBL, they're separating the players and the fans. Um, I know in, in a lot of cases, they're separating the two. And so if I'm a fan, I'm waiting to the tip-off classic to go see them because I'd rather see them in that setting where I can go up to them and, and give them a high five than go see them at a Peace Jam where I, can, I they, you know, they're monitoring all my movement and where I move and how I move and can't stand over here too long and can't go in and out the gym right here. No such thing as an in and out. And so, you know, those players, you might have to just go see in a different tournament because you really don't have the access to the players like you did back in the day where this is the whole reason why, oh man, I seen John Moran at Bob Gibbons, man. I remember seeing John, I remember seeing John, and I'm, you know, these are what AAU story sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I got him on my phone, <laughs> crossing somebody over. Right, right, you know what I'm saying? And now it's becoming uh, more commercialized in, in the EYBL setting, and, and Nike just really doing it a different way, which is which totally fine, you know, they're pioneers of this thing, they set the, they set the, they set the trend, you know what I mean? So. I get it, but it's just not tasteful. But for people like me and you that used to move and however we move and then get to that point where we got to move a little different, man, I promise you, man, I went there. I watched a couple games to try to show some support to some teams I know. And, man, I, I mean, 
I had to leave, man. It was just too many people coming up to me talking about, uh, you supposed to be over here. Where your badge at? Where your such and such at? What time you supposed to be over here? Uh, you can't go over there. Matter of fact, you can't piss out. You can't piss right there. You gotta go to the other bathroom. Like, yeah, on, yeah, that's man. coach's bathroom. <laughs> like, 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 come on, man. Like, look, this is basketball, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's it leaves it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. It really yeah. do. It really leaves a sour taste in your mouth, and. And I watched a league, and like you said, you may. I'm gonna piggyback off what you said. They're the SEC of grassroots basketball. They top heavy. Like what I notice is not all, but majority of their good players have a D1 body. But skill level, I would take their top players overall. I know DJ Wagner, not not the exception to the rule. The pack. I take the they pack of skilled players. I can I feel confident matching them up with the other two leagues, as the Adidas League and the Unarmed League, and all these kids will hold their own. If you really look at it, that's how I feel about it. Right, I, I, that's how I feel about it too. And I and I give you an example. So you know, TSF will consider they went to the first couple sessions, went like five and one, right? Mm-hmm. So they come to the Tip Out Classic. And they lose the uh, Atlanta Express. And, you know, Atlanta Express a whole different team, man, a whole different beast. Like, you know, and I think it's, like you said, SEC. And so they control their media. It's like they control it. It's like the SEC um, Media Day and SEC uh, Channel. You know what I mean? They control mm-hmm. the media and the perception that goes out about this league. And I, I get it now more than ever. I really get it now that. I understand why they're so political now. You know what I'm saying? I understand why they're so political now, uh, and why they play and why they don't play and how they how they act like that. Because they're trying to protect that mystique. Because in all actuality, <laughs> they don't want none of the boys, man. You I think they actually like, promote that. I actually think they actually talk to coaches and frown upon. Hey, don't play in that tournament. To yeah, yeah, don't play in that tournament. Yeah. No, nah, we don't need we don't need you to play in that tournament. We strongly recommend you not to play in that tournament. Right. And here's another thing. And I don't know how much longer it's going to last. P-Jam, I feel, I might be wrong. P-Jam will be removed from North Augusta. It has outgrown that event. They added on two new gems. I haven't been over it in a while. I heard about it. They added two new gems onto it. They have more gems over there. And... Adding the gym zone, I was very disappointed. The two additions because they didn't learn from their mistakes from the other gyms they already have. They made them exactly like the other gyms instead of making them bigger. They've been better off just making one big gym and an arena like a main venue, like when Bronny play, they could accommodate everybody want to come, so they don't have to turn nobody down and have a fire hazard and, ha- and get all the money. What they did is made two small additional gyms with no space. No space for filming. They, they film their games now and they sell their, their games online. And they didn't even make it where they could have like a tower where you could film their games that they sell to these coaches. They didn't have more room. And they had the room for this. 
So I don't understand why they didn't. It was one thing you build something and you you build it, you run out of space. They had the space. Yeah. On the baselines, they didn't extend it like another 10 feet. You know. On the baseline. It's crazy that all the stuff they did, like they, they just went wrong. They doubled down on they on they foolishness. North Augusta Rec, yeah, Rec, Recreational Park. Yeah, I think that's why. And it's and you got to think like PGM is only there one one time a year, right? So they got to accommodate all the other. Like when I'm there, I'm still seeing you know people coming in and working out upstairs, using the facility workout. Um, so they trying to accommodate their community without overdoing it. You know what I mean? Because other than Peach Jam, that gym wouldn't be that packed. No. So they got to. So they got to keep in mind, like, and say, okay, we got to we got to build this for our community, and then we'll, you know, help Peach Jam on on the back end of that. But we got to build it for our community. And I think that's what they did it for. I I, I see what you're saying, but they made a mistake because. <laughs> If I, if I could go online and look at the timeline when they built those two gyms, I suspect they built those two gyms because on the east side of town in the same state, I want to say Spartanburg, the community built a gym over there as well. And yep. I think they went to go look at how North Augusta had their design and they looked and seen all the things they did right and all the things they did wrong. And they went back and built something that is more special than that one. That facility, to me, for basketball, on strictly basketball, not overall like jet skiing and you get to do rock climbing. For basketball, that's the best facility in the Southeast I know of. They have a bowl where there's an arena. Can hold about Rock Hill? Yes, Rock Hill. They can hold about 1,000 people in that, in that bowl. North Augusta had a chance and the opportunity they lost to build two bowls. The new course could have been two bowls. Where they could have built yeah. it into the ground. They built theirs, they, I think they built theirs before Rock Hill. Rock Hill's really new. That's what I'm saying. Um, Rock Hill learned. Oh, yeah. with a, I mean, I'm sorry. Now, uh, you, you're right. You, you're saying, uh, you're right. And they and Rock Hill just um, learned from their mistakes. I mean, Rock Hill got. And then on the other courts, they actually have like professional seating up under the court right and it's space you ain't running into people then they got space and they got concession stands all up and down the line and it's just they just they vision was bigger and that facility I think Nike gonna be very looking real hard at that facility because how, how can you turn down that facility only thing about that facility I have a problem with is parking but nothing's no facility is perfect. No, no, nope, nope. But here's the thing: is I think, oh, it's hard. You know, if you move it, if you move it from Augusta, is it still Peach Jam? You can't call it Peach Jam no more. You know what I mean? Because it's not in uh, it's not in Georgia. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Peach Jam was actually a tournament that Nike ended up buying off of somebody. It was somebody else who had Peach Jam before, but everybody used to come to Augusta at the end of the year and play. Like, it wasn't before the shoe circuit. Mm -hmm. And so they took the hottest event and bought that out, and then that's how it started. So, you know what I mean? That name is Georgia-based, so it would be hard to move it to Rock Hill and still call it Peach Jam. 
They figure out they get great in marketing. They they figure out how to do it. They want to do it. They these I got confidence in them. They've been they ain't missed a step on marketing yet. On that. No. Right All right, we come no, back no. from we're gonna come back from break, man. We're gonna go ahead and, and and jump into these recruitment interviews. Caught up with a couple of players, Brandon um, Rex Steiner and Mr. Rogers, Brigham Rogers. Both of these guys play for Atlanta All Stars. When we come back from break, we're gonna we're gonna break down these interviews. Mm, hit the wrong button. Their victory to claim their Nike Peach Jam title. Mogan's Caden Fish led his team in scoring with 13 points, Trey Green scored 9 and Omaha Bilyeu added 8 to lead the way for Mokin, which ends the summer circuit with a record of 26-4. and four. Team Takeover 16U also won Nike Peach Jam title beating New York Rens 67-58. Daquin Davis led New York Rens with 19 points and Dylan Harper led all scores with 24 points. This is the Jim Rat Insider Report. This is Caleb Banks, and you are listening to License to Ball. This is Trent Markwith with Relentless Hoops, and you're listening to License to Ball. This goes Washington, the head coach at Pellbrook High School. You are listening to License to Ball. You're tuned into the hottest prep basketball podcast, License to Ball, where certified ballers play. Leave us a rating and review. Don't touch that dial, dial, dial. <laughs> Who am I kidding? This is the internet keep rocking with license to ball, and now back with your host hip hop. Now, everybody don't know, I'm still trying to work on doing the perfect show. People probably don't pay attention to a lot of stuff, but yeah, I'm, trying, I'm working on the perfect show. <laughs> That's what he yeah, had keys that and everything. Good, All yeah. that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we left out one tool. We got to give a shout out to Night Riders. Uh, you know, 2025 for winning Peace Jam. Uh, they, you know, they they are one of the most dominant teams I have seen. Period. Um, and it surprised me that they actually lost by two points to New Jersey Scholars, uh, which was like just down there in bracket play, I think, or pool play. But they end up, you know, beating, winning the last game by 30 points. Man, they're very dominant. Carlo Bulls' son. You got Cameron Boozer, the Boozer twins, man. Alexander Lloyd, uh, Benny Fajira. Um, man, real good team. They play well together, and you can catch them next year at the tip-off classic, too. Yeah, I, I watched them play. I like them play, and I, I'm not surprised at all they, they win the whole thing. They just, when you got a guy like Boozer, son, and you got a good point guard, and you got a nice little wing on that team, they're going to be hell on wheel. It's hard to play. It's hard to stop that team. But the Knight yeah. Riders, it's like I keep saying how in the world you can have all these teams in one state and still find quality players, and they just keep wilding me. You got Knight Riders broke off from each one teach one, and they changed to the Rebels, and then Knight Riders came along, and they, both of these programs are strong in the same state, which is crazy. Yeah, not not including you got Adidas team, Southeast Elite, that's down in Florida as well. 
uh, independent team, one family. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think Florida just, Florida just big too. It's one of it's a long, big state. People don't give credit on how big Florida is, but Florida's big, man. You know what I mean? Like it don't, it's not big and like robust, but it's long. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, from Miami, Fort Lauderdale, all the way up to Orlando, Tallahassee, man. You just got players but on top of players on top of players. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so the first interview we got going on is Brandon Recksteiner, Atlanta All-Stars point guard. Recruitment just kept going up and going up and going up. And if he would have sat out a little bit longer, he probably had some more bigger schools come in and, and start doing um, doing these, um, hitting them up and offering them. They want to see him a little bit more. And some schools were interested in him, but they want to, him to hold back while they recruit other players. They didn't tell him that, but he was smart enough to figure out that's what they were trying to do. And one of the biggest things, reason why he committed to VTech is when he was talking to coaches, he was talking to head coach. A lot of the other schools, he wasn't talking to head coach. He was talking to the head coach. So that went a long way with him. Yeah, I mean, I think um, – Coach Young is the coach over there, and um, I remember when he was at Warford and he recruited um, all my kids. Actually, I uh, really wanted Jordan Lyons so bad, but he's uh, he's a good he's a good coach, man. And Virginia Tech got a good coach, and he know how to recruit. He know how to recruit, and he got uh, Kevin Gipner with him, and he know how to recruit as well. So uh, it doesn't surprise me um, that you know. He, he committed there. I mean, and went on and did the thing, you know what I'm saying? Instead of just waiting, it doesn't surprise me at all. All right, let's key up this interview on B-Rock. I'm with Brandon Wecksteiner, one of the newest VTech commits, known as B-Rock around the way. I mean, I know it feel like you got, got the monkey off your back, that big load off your shoulder because the phone was blowing up. Yep. Everybody just kept calling you about recruiting so high. How does it feel to not get those phone calls more and be committed to a school? Uh, I mean, it feels good to know like where I'm gonna be locked in at for the next few years. But I mean, I mean it was fun while it lasted, but I'm, I'm glad it's over. All right, what VTech? What set them apart? Um, I mean, I had a good relationship with all the coaches. I, I trusted all them. I mean, when it came down to it, I wrote down like what all matters to me, and I had my final list of schools. I mean, they, they check the box and everything. So, I mean, the play style, trust, uh, just everything set out. So, so other than trust, like, what else? Get the viewers, you know, they just ear candy for them. They can't see me and you talking, so this ear candy is going to be on the podcast. So, yep. what's some other things that checked off the box for you? Um, well, I mean, I was always talking to the head coach, Coach Young. I mean, and, and we had a good relationship. It wasn't just about basketball. He'd ask how I'm doing just off the court and everything. Um. I mean, the play style is like to a T. They've had guys like me in the past, Storm Murphy. They have Sean Padula right now, who I'm similar to. So they just had a bunch of dudes, and they've won at a high level. They just won the ACC championship with dudes just like me. So, like, underrated uh, guys. So, so how they discuss how they're going to use you, and are you going to get an opportunity right away to play? Yep. I mean, I should get an opportunity right away. They're not going to promise anything, obviously. I mean, when I get there, they have a point guard that's a junior, but – I mean, we always got to have multiple guards to play. So, I mean, I'll definitely have opportunity to play. I just got to do what I need to do. 
be ready when I get there. And they'll use me kind of similar how, the, how they use uh, Storm Murphy, coming off screens, uh, being able to be a knockdown shooter, but also, I mean, the leader of the team, lead everyone, have them all be in the right spots. All right, how's it feel to, since he a junior, how does it feel to, where you're going to be able to cut your teeth and learn under somebody playing, already played at the ACC for three years? Yeah, I mean, that, that was actually one of the biggest things for me is just to go in somewhere where there's an elite-level player so I can learn under them, and then when I get there, I can just take over. I mean, I'll have, I'll have, a long, I'll have the ability to play with him, beside him, and over – or, like, when, I, when I, he's not in the game, I'm in the game. When, when I'm not in the game, he's in the game. So just be able to correspond with each other and learn from him. I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Great interviewer. He's he know how to answer questions very well and he give you exactly what you need, not too much and not too less. Kid gonna be, he's gonna. I think they got a good player up there at V Tech, man. I really do. The kid is gonna lead it on and off the court, and he's gonna lead the, kid, the the young man in the right way, in the right direction. I, I honestly believe out there. Yeah, I think um, you know, Virginia Tech gonna have a good knockdown shooter. You know what I'm saying? Uh he shot the ball well, especially when he played with Game Elite. Uh when I seen him with Game Elite uh playing against uh Bernie then he just shot the piss out of the ball and shot this shot the cover off and did it for a period of time. Kinda of went viral during that moment. But um, you know what I mean, like I'm just waiting to see a little more. Because, uh, you know, it's hard to see somebody one time or two times and be like, this is it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a little harder to please. But as far as right now, I think he's a great shooter. I think that he fits their system well because they always have great shooters. And, you know, now, you know, the game is about shooting. So um, I think he went exactly where he's belonged and, you know, maybe a three-, four-year player. Yeah, I always felt that he was a Wisconsin player. I just never understood why Wisconsin didn't shoot their shot, throw the the hook in the water, and see if he's going to be interested in coming towards the lure. Yeah, I just I, I I don't see nothing wrong with him going there, but I just thought he was I I thought he no one spot for him actually the number one spot, and I told him this after the interview, and I talked to him the number one spot I thought he'd be perfect for where he could play. And fit in, actually started right start or play real serious minutes at St. Mary's over there out west. Mm. Then Wisconsin. Mm. I thought he's ideally for St. Mary's. And I don't know why St. Mm. Mary's didn't shoot their shot either. He said they didn't shoot their shot at all. He said that he started getting a little bit of rumblings and Wisconsin started coming in, but it was so much phone calls and contacts with coaches and he was already mistraining in his recruiting and he already built relationships. So he really didn't entertain Wisconsin once they start creeping up a little bit. Even Gonzaga was right. creeping up in there a little bit. But Gonzaga was had some guys in front of him they really wanted to commit. If they didn't commit, they wanted him. And the kid's so smart, he realized that and said, you know what? If you really want me, you gonna you gonna you gonna want me to shut down my recruitment. So B-Tech was the school wanting to shut down his recruitment. And then show right. the head and I think the difference between uh, B-Tech and Wisconsin is, again, that B-Tech staff, coaching staff, was at Wofford. And so they had a pipeline to Georgia. And so they had connection, relationship with coaches to Georgia. Wisconsin really didn't have a pipeline to Georgia. 
And so maybe they heard about them, but then wasn't able to close the deal because they really don't have a pipeline. So when that coaching staff moved to Virginia, it still kept those relationships going. So um, I think that's that's the biggest difference in recruiting is keeping those relationships and that pipeline open. That's a great point. But I keep hearing on on ESPN they talk about how much TV revenue these conference get and they pay for the school. And the budget that the Big Ten have, that's unacceptable. When one of the hotbeds, really, argue, you could argue say that the number one hotbed for basketball players is Georgia, and you're not even trying to kindle a pipeline? I don't understand that, man. Personally, I don't understand that when your job depends on recruits. But I think I think it's just like we were talking about EYBL and, and uh, Adidas and Under Arm. I think the style of play is different, right? So Georgia style of play is totally different from the Midwest style of play and if you go back to the Sam Deckers those cats play ball different than these cats down here man you know what I mean and so like um so maybe they looking for a Wisconsin guy now I think B-Rock fits into their system and plays in their system well but all the other players in Georgia really don't so uh, and that's they probably try to stay local because that's their type of system and what they do well. So, but you know, that's a great point. That is a great point. Hey, you just got you got to have. I think you still you got to have some kind of some kind of connection here. Even you not if yeah. not a strong connection. You got better. I, I don't even think they have a connection where they can make a couple of phone calls and get an accurate reading on the player. I might be wrong. And I share a sidebar story. I think it was Jalen Brown. I think it was his, his junior year and Sean's tournament on the radar. I think it was his junior year. I'm pretty, I think it was his junior year. It might have been his sophomore year. But they sent a assistant coach from Michigan down here and he watching the games, but I kind of, I don't know the coach. I can't remember the coach's name, so I can't put him on blast. So it don't even matter. I don't even know if he were, he had staff over there no more. But uh, he was watching the game, and I was talking to him, and he was there just to, just to be there. You know, somebody got to show their face, and so if they ever recruit a player, they can justify, like, we were actually interested in if we were here. So he was just there yeah. just to be there. This is the reason why I know that, because – he was there, and I said, hey, you recruiting Jalen Brown? And the coach, like, he looked at me crazy, like, no, nah, we can't. Um, like He basically said in his own words that we can't get him. He's not interested in going to Michigan. He's not interested that far going away from home. And I looked and said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah. I said, his whole family from Michigan. You didn't know that? He looked at me crazy. I said, yeah, he, from, he said he's he's been living here his whole life. But his whole family's from Michigan. He liked Michigan and he liked Michigan State. And he looked at me and said, I'm, I'm, I know the kid personally, dude. You, you probably need to throw your line in the water. So Michelle, his mother, proved me right when his recruitment got real turned up. She got interviewed by, I can't remember which way, it might have been Rivals. And she said in the interview, I don't understand why Michigan State. And Michigan now recruiting my son, especially Michigan, because she's a Michigan State alum, if I remember correctly. She graduated from Michigan State. 
So they just dropped the ball mm. totally because he lived in Georgia that they didn't feel they could get him. They didn't do their homework and find out his mother is a Michigan State alum. She graduated from it, which was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a lot. I mean, it's, it baffles me how a lot of these coaches hold back in their recruitment because it's almost like they're afraid to step on. They've been like, like they traumatized. Like they done made some <laughs> bad choices in their life. <laughs> like, like they traumatized. Like shit. You know what I mean? I don't want to choose no girl no more. She might cheat on me again. You know, it's like, I'm for real. It's like, man, listen, if the kid's good and you and you trust yourself, make an offer, man. Go back to the head coach. Do what you need to do to get an offer. You know, start trying to overthink it. But when people are overthinking, say, man, you know, shit, man, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to offer this kid right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody that told you he was good. But in your head, you overthinking because you got burnt by a kid that's similar to him mm-hmm. that didn't turn out to be good. You know oh, what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they offered them yeah. now. They start recruiting them. Now I'm gonna ask a rhetorical question to you. When you come down to Atlanta to recruit Jalen Brown, who's the first person you talk to? I'm I'm talking to uh Dad. Okay. I'm talking to Jim. Well, their head coach was making sure he gave all attention to Big Doug, Doug Lips. No disrespect to Big Doug. That's his high school coach, head coach. No disrespect. You need to recruit him. You need to talk to him about Jalen. But when he came down here, he was mainly focused on talking to Big Doug. That I was, mm. and I, was, I scratched my head. I'm like, okay, I don't understand he's the head coach, but, um, you ain't gonna sit next to Dad's the whole game, no, but he they don't know though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They 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 ain't privy to that information. You know what I'm saying? They don't know. They think they going the right route. You know what I mean? But people gotta understand, man. Listen, no disrespect to high school basketball. I currently coach at high school basketball, and I'm currently as, uh, on the staff at high school basketball. There's no disrespect to high school basketball, but AAU run basketball. Period. Yep. Top, bottom, in between, AAU basketball, a travel basketball, run basketball, period. They the ones that are making the decision. They the ones that been with the kids since he was in fifth grade. They the ones that took him out of town and had sleepover at night, sleepover at their house, eat cereal at their house, while the wife get mad at the husband for leaving early in the morning, to drive all the way to South Carolina, to drive back, to pick him up, to take him to another practice. They don't want got their relationship so much because they seen this kid ever since he was in the fifth grade. Why are you sitting there with a high school coach that just got him in high school? <laughs> yep. And then um uh, I forgot his name. B line, I forgot it. I forgot how to pronounce that guy's name. Because he's similar to another coach. So I saw him the next year in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting down on the basket recording. He was down there and so I introduced myself to him like blah 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 this and that and he looked at me and said, Hey man, by the way, um, if you need my contact information, next time you come to Georgia and you're recruiting a player and y'all not sure who y'all who got the juice with the player, I help you out. And that dude looked at me crazy the hell like who the hell you think you are? <laughs> I was yeah, like, uh, yeah. 
But you man, didn't get the player. Bro, you got coaches like that. Like, it's something about these coaches. I think that when they become coaches, they start feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, first of all, you don't even know who's making the decision. And the pe- person you think making the decision ain't the one making the decision. The person you think got a juice ain't making the juice. And the reason why you traumatized by these different players is because the people you leaning on sending you players are sending you the wrong damn player. Yep. But, you know, that's neither here or there, but, you know, you live and you learn. You, uh, I can't think of TJ's last name, but he coaches St. John's now. Over there. He the head assistant at St. John's, TJ. He was at Missouri with coach, and he was at Arkansas with coach. And this how much he knows the landscape, okay? And he know where to get an honest opinion from. So he was watching the game, and he was watching the game elite one day. And Jalen was playing. He saw me. He came up to me and said, hey, he said, Kentucky, what did he say, Kentucky or Kansas? I said, for who? I knew who he was talking about, but I just played down one. He said, for Jalen, man, which one, what school are we going to? Kentucky or Kansas? I said, he's not going to any one of the, either one of those schools. So he ain't? I said, nah, he ain't going to one of those schools. I said, he going to look at them and consider them, but he's not going to those schools. I said, what he's thinking about doing is life after basketball and he actually has a he's serious thing about Georgia Tech and Georgia because after basketball he he do, do good then do good in the league people can remember him and have a better career so those are strongly on the table as of right now he said oh really I said yeah I said Jalen not that kind of kid that get wild up about when you go recruit him you sit down in a chair and look him in the eye and say hey man I'm gonna make you a lottery pick I'm gonna make you the number one pick you're gonna be the best. You're going to love playing here because I'm going to get you right. Jalen don't want to hear that. That's not what he wants to hear. You say that pitch to him about how you're going to get him ready for the league and all that stuff. I said, that's going to be a turnoff to him. And then he says, oh, I know where he's going then. I know where he's going. If if he's that kind of kid, I know where he's going. I look at his list. I know where he's going. I don't know why they ain't trying to recruit. I guess they knew they just had no chance. I don't know. I'm the type of dude where... I fight for something too. I know I don't have a chance. I don't psych myself out. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot my shot. You're gonna have to tell me no. I'm not gonna tell myself yeah. that. Yeah. Or <clears throat> they know what entails with top tier players. They mm-hmm. know what that what that what they look like. Yeah, you know yeah. Great point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so you know what I'm saying? It's like it's a lot that come with that, man. Like, it's, I mean, honestly, it's a lot that come with that. But then again, you don't know the player or who the, I'm what the situation is. But, but, you know, it's a lot that come with that. You know, you, you try to get a money base, you, you know what's going to come with You know, at, back then, you knew what was going to come with it. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they're afraid of not knowing that this guy is a, a good guy and he's going to make his decisions based off his future. They automatically think that because and it is no not saying that that what JB then would go for, mm-hmm. but because of their previous experiences with other top players, they're probably too afraid to even try because they think they gonna ask for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so and so they probably try to avoid it, not knowing that this kid 
you know, is a uh, is a headstrong kid. This kid is like, he's about his future over anything. You know what I'm saying? He's about community. He's about everything. And so <clears throat> they they probably just didn't, you know, they just probably just lumped him in to every top player in the country. And they were scared of him too because he was an 18-year-old <clears throat> kid was planning his future. And you remember going to the draft, they were saying that there's, some people's kind of scared to draft him because they said he not focused yep. on basketball 100% because he looking at all life after basketball. And somebody even said, I remember this too. Somebody even said he's too smart for basketball. I'm like, what the hell? How are you too smart for basketball? Because how he looked at life, he's a chess player. He loved playing chess and he had all these other side things, hobbies he liked doing other than basketball. And they say he might be too smart for basketball. I don't even want to hit on that one. <laughs> I said, what? That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. We got another interview going on. We got coming up. We got Mr. Brigham Rogers. We're going to go and get him because we just be talking all going to different sectors of recruitment. <laughs> and it's going on and on, man, because there's so much to talk about. There's so many like side stories over the years, man, you have gained and learned and just being around this basketball that like guys like you and me know that other people don't know. But let's keep up this, this Bring Them Rogers interview. Stay on, stay on the course. You got Bring Them Rogers. Belmont commit. Hey, let's talk about your uh, your recruitment. You committed to Belmont. Let's tell the viewers why Belmont. Uh, so there was a lot of mid majors across the southeast that I really like. Just uh, high high character programs where I could fit in a lot of different places. But Belmont just felt like the right place for me after a lot of prayer and a lot of thought. And I'm I'm super excited for it. How did um, academics play a part? Because they very good on academics. Uh, it was definitely an emphasis. They they asked me about it. They made it a priority, but they knew that I was a high enough academic guy to go there. So and they make the tournament pretty much every year or every other year. Was that a big incentive too? Oh, for sure, for sure. That's definitely a big goal of mine to get to the tournament and try to make a run. So seeing them doing that consistently is definitely a benefit. And how do they discuss how they're going to play you there? So they had a uh, big guy, Nick Mazinski, who is of 6'11", really good in the post, and he started four years for them. So they're they're trying to modernize their offense a little bit with new personnel, and they're looking to do that with me a lot more on the perimeter, dribbling and passing a lot more, so I'm excited for it. So basically they're going to develop your perimeter skills more. Um, it, it, so that's I, I take that as a yes. Let's go in detail on that a little bit. So just like a lot of handoffs, ball screens, like backdoors, similar to what we do in AAU already. So once they saw me doing that, they – they really like seeing me do all that stuff in AAU in high school. So, was there anything else that uh, separate them from everybody else recruiting you? Um, they would just seem like the most consistent, high-quality program. Loved spending time with the guys on my visit. Seemed like great guys, and I'm just excited to get up there next year. It's kind of far away from home, but close enough where they can come see you too, as well, huh? Oh, for sure, for sure. Location's great. Love Nashville. Appreciate you. These guys, man, they just really how they look at their recruitment. It's like the line of ball players is taking it to another level, man. How they just look at their how they be their recruitment and stuff. So they they just learn 
from previous experience, I guess, was that? No, it's just a culture. It's a culture. You know what I mean? Like, they just call it what it is. It's a culture thing. You know, they ain't got no handlers. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got, <laughs> You're they right. got people. You know what I'm saying? They sit down and talk about it over the uh, over dinner. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? As uh-huh. a family. Uh-huh. <clears throat> they know what they're looking for. They know what they're interested in. Pop, Pop done pulled up YouTube videos of how they play. He, he done researched the coach. He done did all that. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got no handler. And he ain't trying to go to Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's either Kentucky or bus. The culture is just different. You know what I mean? And, and so we got to learn that as a culture, a school is a school. And sometimes whatever school fits you is the school that fit you. If you don't know what school that fit you, then you need to start doing your research on what they run, what stuff they do. And am, am I truly high major or mid major? Yep. You know what I mean? Because there's so many high major players. I mean, mid major players who go and get recruited high major and they end up transferring to mid majors anyway because that's where they belong from the get go. <laughs> so they wasted, right. two, they wasted two years at a high major, never played, end up coming to a mid major. And they don't put no stamp on it because they they still in transition. And so, like, you know, understanding that, man, and get out of the mindset that uh, you're automatically a pro, right? So mm-hmm. I was looking at something today, and Michael Jordan said, you know what? He said, the reason why I became who I was is because I stopped chasing people. And I just started working for me. You know what I mean? He said, stop looking up to me and trying to be like me. Just keep working and then the rest will take care of itself. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. it puts me in a mind frame of stop trying to be a pro. Stop trying to say that you're a pro already. Put in the work and it'll take care of itself. You know what I'm saying? And so it's all these different factors that goes into it. But you can tell the culture difference when uh, they speak about their school and and what they're going versus, you know, a handling, handling the situation or uh, whatever the situation may have. Yeah, I agree, man. I really agree. But it's funny you said that because uh, I got to uh, see if I could play it. It's like right up. It's right up the alley with it. Uh, <clears throat> what uh, were we talking about, man? Because it's crazy. See, I can cue this up and try to play it from the beginning where we won't, we won't miss a beat at all on this. But what you were saying is kind of funny. It kind of aligned to this. I just got this sent to me about an hour ago. So this is real it's real funny. Check this up and see if I hold on. So, you know what? Let me get this. I had the value messed up on it. That's the that's another root of human human struggle, worrying about other people's perceptions about who you are. <laughs> like, why would you ever care about that? You know? And I think that I fell victim to that in my in my past of worrying about things that I can't control. You know, if the people understood what words could do to a human being, especially where we are in today's society, then they wouldn't they wouldn't be invested in that. So I don't I'm not here to dispel anything. 
You can continue to ask other people around me about what they think about me and continue to write about mood swings. Like, you know, human beings have mood swings. <laughs> like you go home and you're, you're not happy with things or you're mad at something and you're happy. That's a mood swing. <laughs> it's okay to be human. Like, I don't have to be perfect for anyone here, nor do I have to be perfect for the public. So I'm not here to dispel any perception. I'm just here to be my... So I kind of go along the lines what you was talking about right there. How these guys are. Yeah. So yeah. it's amazing. No, I mean, um, you know, <clears throat> but the, hopefully the people learn from it, man. I just, I really think that, um, you know, you just got to take care of what's in front of you. But with that being said, man, if you, with, with social media, okay, you, you got to think. Back when Jordan played and all them played, you didn't know everybody's opinion. Mm -hmm. You could care less about their opinion because it was, look, look, Timmy was in the basement in his mama's basement at 43 years old, and he didn't like Michael Jordan. But he all he could do was just talk about it in his mama's basement. But fast forward, little Timmy's daddy, a little Timmy's son, now in the basement on Twitter, at KD, that he don't like the way he played, and and now every every opinion we're not we're not designed to know everybody's thoughts on that. <laughs> we're not designed for that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh huh. We we we're we're just not designed to know every single thought that everybody has about us. And I think with social media, you get that. You get everybody's thought of you, whether good or bad. You can do everything right. Look, if if you do everything right, somebody gonna have something bad to say. If you do everything wrong, somebody gonna have something bad to say. It's no winning. So like at some point you gotta turn that off and be like, listen, okay, who I'm doing it for me. Like at the end of the day, if I can see and look myself into the mirror and have it with the person I am, I'm okay. But everybody can't do that because everybody's not confident in who they are. And so if somebody say hip hop man, you know, shit man, hip hop man, he He's short. And if you've been feeling insecure about that, that uh, shit going to affect you in some type of way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I'm tall as I like, need to be. <laughs> right, right. Now, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, now you got 20 people saying that. Now you're going into the room, closing the door, shutting the door, and, and, and hiding under the cover because you got 10 people in their mama basement putting out there that hip hop short. Yep. Mm -hmm. like, I love to be taller now, don't get me wrong, yeah. but I'm tall as I need to be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what I'm saying? And, and shit, you, you tell your girlfriend to come over here, I'll show you how tall I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, you know, I say that to just say, man, like, we we wasn't designed to do that. And I think it's it's perfectly fine for, especially these days, for you to turn off your social media and focus on what you need to focus on. And if you're using it for business, great. But like all that personal stuff, man, and talking about people and, and doing all that, I just think that shit for the birds, bro. Yep. I got you on that. So we're going to get one more segment. We're going to wrap up. We got the, the Adidas and the Under Armour. I'm going to wrap this bad boy up and come back from break.
2022 Adidas 3SSB 17U Championship Game. Mass Rivals defeat Dream Vision 54-40. Kurt Tang led Mass Rivals in scoring with 15 points. Class of 2025 wing Sebastian Wilkins and point guard Buka Okari played crucial roles in 17U 3SSB Championship making big plays all week. Indiana Elite 16U won back-to-back -back championships, beating Utah Prospects 60-47. This is the Jim Rad Insider Report. Under Armour Finals took place in Chicago. Middlesex Magic 17U cooked Nebraska Supreme beating them 74-47 to win Under Armour Championship. Nebraska Supreme 16U won the Under Armour Championship beating Team Charlotte 80-72. As you can see Nebraska Supreme has one of the top programs. This is Caleb Banks, and you are listening to License to Ball. This is Trent Markwith with Relentless Hoops, and you're listening to License to Ball. This goes Washington, head coach at Pell Brook High School. You are listening to License to Ball. You're tuned into the hottest prep basketball podcast, License to Ball, where certified ballers play. Leave us a rating and review. Don't touch that dial, dial, dial. <laughs> Who am I kidding? This is the internet keep rocking with license to ball. And now back with your host, Hip Hop. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. So we got that Adidas Under Armour. And I think they do what the budget they have and the guys they have under contract, I especially Under Armour. I think they do a real good job on what they have. And then they understand what they don't have and do a good job with it with their players. And then they don't try to spread themselves too thin and they try to do calculated things. And I think uh, Adidas, who's running Adidas now, I'm not sure what his name is, but I think he's the best that's guy they had lady. in a long that's time. That's a lady. Reese. Okay. She's doing a yeah. good job. I think she's doing a better job than the previous people. Yeah, we should do a great job. She did a great job. And I have, man, mm -hmm. I feel bad too, man. I, the time frame zone, because you can't see everybody in. By Indiana Elite winning two years in a row, and they got a big on there that something special. And not seeing yeah, them yeah. play live is like, man, kills me. Out of all the things I miss this year. Well, you know, here's the thing. You got a chance to see him next year. You know, they were 16. Mm -hmm. You got a chance to see him next year. I really want him to come down and trip off. I already done reached out to him. Um, if anybody out there know him, you can get in contact with him. Tell him we love having him down at Chip Off Classic. Uh, starting at the beginning of next year. I'd love to have him too, man. That, 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 that add a lot of value to that event by doing that. Yeah. And everybody you don't know, yeah. Tip Classic is one of the top nine nine live events in the country, man. They got actually been, I want to say the April one was the best event I went to the whole season to me with all the line yeah. teams. So, Indiana Elite, if you listen to this podcast, anybody on there, any parent or whatever, we need you down here, man, and playing this event and keep it going. We're going to get some of the teams to get you ready for the final second half of the season, man, really, to be honest with you. And I, I go on a limb and say this. I say that the top 16 
in the country is in the data uh with, with game elite and uh indiana elite utah prospects uh i know team takeover just one piece down but I, I got my money on uh those adidas boys right now you know what i'm saying and, mm -hmm. and, and it's just a different style of play like eybl shit is cute that shit cute you know fanfare all that shit man but they, they got some dogs over there in adidas man I don't know exactly what it comparable to league, but Adidas league kind of mind me of more of the Big Twelve, like the Big Twelve conference. That's what it remind me of to me how they how I set up and play style of play and everything. It kind of mind me of the Big Twelve. I can't really put my mm -hmm. finger on the uh, Nike league if I had to put pinpoint a conference how they play. Like I can't really. It's like a little. It's like a hybrid, really. It's like a hybrid of the Big Ten and the ATC a little bit. If I had well, to say. I think it was. I think it was. It, it was down. I think yeah. this year EYBL was down. Uh, now it's been years, and and again they're doing all this for shoe money, right? Mm -hmm. And so Trey Young, Trey Young ended up signing with Adidas. You know, um, you know, Sharif Cooper ended up signing with Adidas. A from the EYBL, and the reason being is because of how Nike positioned themselves, and because of who they are, and the conglomerate that they created, they can maneuver the way they want to maneuver, and only sign those top five. You got to think, Under Armour. I mean, uh, Anthony Elba, Adidas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Jalen like, Green. Jalen. Jalen Jalen Green was a Nike kid. He's Adidas. And so what are you doing it for? You know, obviously Adidas is willing to spend the money. Puma right now is spending the money. So <clears throat> Nike, you know, they they cut they cut back on the money, but they don't really need. They got Jordan and Braun, right? Yep. And and Kobe and KD. So like <laughs> they don't really need it. Cause they and Kyrie. Yep, Kyrie yeah. sell, shoes sell very well. Very well. Very well. Oh, um, yeah, that's crazy. Yep. So, so that and that's the thing, is like that's the reason why they really doing it. And so with that being said, you know, Nike feel like, you know, we're very particular about what we want. And it's okay to be like that because they can. They can. Yep. Cause they got a Puma sign scoop. Yep. I can't wait to watch him. That's a guy, man. I, I'm I'm so close to his family, and I see his dad all the time to shake my head. Like, man, I'm sorry. I cover all your girls. Your son, I didn't cover. He like tell me, don't worry about it, man. You you did good, man. You covered all my all my girls. Just before he even got good, you you came over and did girls mixtapes and all that stuff, man. We know you you good with us, man. Like man, I can't believe I missed out on that kid. That kid is special. Nah, he, he's special. And uh, they talking about number one and number two and number three. You got to think about this now. This is why I try to tell people: Georgia basketball is next level, man. <laughs> yeah. You got it. He's next level. You got Jabari who went top three. You got Ant Man who was the one or two. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like. If you keep going, Pilot Section with top five. Mm -hmm. Wendell Carter with top five. Mm -hmm. You know me, top ten. Jalen Brown with top. Man, come on, man. 
And now you talking about Scoot Henderson, who's gonna be one through five. I mean, one through five, but probably top three. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I know we're missing somebody too. Isaac Okoro with top ten. <laughs> exactly, missing and and what's his name too? What is his name? Um, oh my God, the Nigerian kid. Ike is it Ike? No, not Ike. No, get, played it. He played at Auburn too. He had he oh, tore me. Yeah, Okiki. Yeah, Chuma. Chuma. Yeah, Chuma. Well, Chuma, Chuma went twenty, like twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. So, but he still went. You know what I'm saying? He went twenty fifth, but he still went. Yeah. It just, it's just amazing. It's just crazy. And I know we missing two people. Yep. Elite Beasley. I yep. mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He having a good career. Quiet as it kept, he having a good career. Right. And so much, so much more. Be. I remember I did That's his so first interview more. with him, and I think I got it recorded. And next time I see him, I ask him, "Can I put that out?" Because I recorded, and he was timid, and he froze. And and what's the other guy, man? Uh, Kobe Simmons. Kobe Simmons, I was interviewing both of them, and Kobe Simmons and I like, saw so he this before he even blew up too. So Kobe was laughing like, "Man, me go first, man. You you not an interview, man. You horrible. Me go interview." So he said that was good. He said, "Hip hop, just stop it, man. I I I go first. He can learn from me because he don't know what he's doing." And so wow. Malik. Like when I guess that's, I don't know if that was his first one, but he acted like it was his first interview. Somebody ever put a camera in the face and start asking him questions after a game. Like that, and then he just blew, he just constantly just blew up and just got better and better. Malik Beasley, I, that guy right there, that's a, that's a, that's a player that we don't mention, but it's good. That's amazing. You said, like, I forgot about me, Beasley, but I knew about him. That's a good call right there. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's actually a lot of them, man. So, you know, <clears throat> I just say, you know, you can't forget about Georgia. Um, you know, we want the top talent it is. Um, and then we're talking about just the perimeter of 285. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caldwell, because like, as soon as you said that, another name came up in my head is uh, Mr. Pope. Cartavius Caldwell oh. Pope. Oh yep, yep. From yep. Greenville, I mean, Georgia. Yeah, but we talking about we probably got Davion Mitchell out of Hinesville. Davion Mitchell, yeah, <laughs> Davion Mitchell. Man, listen, you talk. We talking about like inside the two eighty five radius got more people drafted than states, man. Yep, they what I'm saying. We competing with states like California is a state, mm-hmm. the biggest ass state, and in the the 285 radius, we competing with that. And that's just the city. Yep. The suburbs of Atlanta. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's crazy, it's man. Crazy. Let's go and get those those final thoughts in there. Final thoughts is this, man. I, I, I think basketball is it's waking back up. I think it was a it was a drying basketball for a year due to COVID. Talent has you know, swindled down. Seventeen class was not as good as it should have been. Sixteen is going to bring it back. Um, 
And so we're looking forward to 16. I mean, 15 is good too. Next year. Yeah, 15 is good. They're too. not good as 16, but they're good. good. Yeah. But they got a chance to grow. So, yep. you know what I mean? I think I think basketball will be back next year for flip. I think uh, the interest will be back. Uh, I think Peace Jam need to calm down, you know what I'm saying? Realize this is not the N- NBA. But, uh, yeah, that's my final thoughts. Man. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy with that Peace Jam. I don't think anybody else had a podcast on Peace Jam. I'll check and look. And the six, I listen to people. But you know what? We're crazy that they, nobody won't talk about them, right? Nobody. Mm. I'm gonna say that because I do events and people they and people they love to complain, right? Mm-hmm. They love to complain. When you talk about hoop scene charging twenty five dollars, you got a band and you was able to go back out and come back in. Yep. When you talk about you know us charging twenty dollars. You was got a band, you was able to come back out and come back in. I have not seen nowhere publicly over they tearing down Peace Jam for charging twenty dollars a head and and didn't even give out a band because it was no reentry. Yep. <laughs> oh, it was reentry, all right. Another twenty dollars. And your right. spot gonna be missed. You can't leave the gym. Then the line they had one food court open, it was wrapped around, you had to wait. So I mean it's abused the fans. Man, they abused the fans. You couldn't leave to really go get nothing to eat. Then if you did, you did want to leave, you lose your seat. And then you had to wait in the line for about 30 minutes to get food, literally 30 minutes to get food. And it'd be nothing but fried food, French fries and nuggets. <laughs> it's crazy. It's really, I, I mean, mean and, and I mean, you have nobody saying anything about it. Yeah. You know, that's fine. It's perfectly fine. But let, let me do that. <laughs> let me do that. Yeah. Let let uh let Hoopsina Sean do that. Yep. Let anybody else do that and we'll hear about it. You know what I'm saying? I know Nike's in a position where they can do that and I respect their hustle because, you know, that's just what it is. I just wish everything was viewed the same as far as business goes. You know what I mean? They doing good business. We consider them doing good business, we're doing great business. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but again, I understand some of it. I understand that, you know, they got to do certain things because they got Bronny there. You know, they got LeBron there. They got these different celebrities that come in and out of there. So they got to be a little more strict and unusual. Uh, but, hey, we got celebrity coming in through, through ours. They ain't Bronny and LeBron, but. Edgar but, James, Dwight Howard. Yep. Yeah. And then one overall, no, number two overall draft pick yeah. in the building. Yeah. Man, a lot of players, man, really. And some other yeah. players didn't want to be seen, like Jordan McRae. He brought his team up yeah. there. Yeah. And all so, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, it's good stuff, man. It really is. And I, I just think, really think basketball is in a great spot. And it's going to be real big. I think we'll have some TV games in the next year or two of these players we have, we talking about. And on a sidebar note, same thing we're doing. It kind of same linked together. One of my car, I got two chiropractors. One of my chiropractors from Alabama. I said, by the way, you got a dude from your state. He different, man. He said, what? Well, he different. 
I said, it's the eighth grader going to <laughs> high school next year. My God. He's going to set the world on fire if he keeps doing what he's doing. And so you got mm. players like Caleb Hope, you know, Caleb Wilson. Caleb's a very popular name right now. My, my nephew named Caleb. So that's a real mm. popular name. You know, you got, man, just, you wrap your head around this and you think about all these players like, man, I need three of me, not two of me, three of me. Because there's going to be some days this fall when high school's even start. You're going to want to be in two different places. If it's not a tournament or a showcase, there's going to be two games going on at the same time, and you're going to be like, man, which one should I go to? Mm-hmm. But it was a great season. Mm-hmm. I guess I've been six months back in the game since the hiatus, and I got more to my feet wet now. I think I'm in waist-deep waist water now. So getting the skill, getting the groove on and I always critique myself y'all so I listen to interviews with those guys and I'm saying I'm gonna step in the right direction and ask these questions again because I was like I just I had to like basically like learn what I learned relearn it again so this this season was a real fun I didn't really hit high school like I wanted to but the spring is a good this final period was real real enjoyable and seeing some people I ain't seen from a while and watching these players and saying basketball's in a good place, y'all. And so, appreciate y'all listening to License the Ball. And y'all go out and check out Hoop Hustler. Got a lot of media stuff. We got documentaries on basketball, too, as well. So, very versatile guy doing all these things. And, man, you can find us all on major uh, platforms and everything. And appreciate the viewership going up. It's growing. Each podcast is growing. We're still hitting from other podcasts people are listening to. So, it's constantly growing. And, I'm trying to, and we got people from international listening to us. I'm trying to figure out who in Ukraine is listening to us. We had a couple of downloads from Ukraine from the last episode. So now I appreciate the Ukraine people for listening to us. If y'all go, if it's a click on the accent or you listen to this one again for the second time, we get a lot of international stuff too as well. So we're trying to do all continents. Australia, where you at? We haven't got one download from Australia yet at all. In Africa too, Africa <laughs> and Australia. Where you at? All other countries, we got at least one down. Hey, we get one. We get one from uh, South America, man. We need them, them Latinos, man. We got one. You know come down. We, we got some oh, from do. South America. Right, we got about five, I think. I gotta look, but we got some from South America. We finally got Canada. We got Canada, and we got only we haven't got Australia and Africa. We got from all the continents. We got at least one or two downloads from from overseas from my country. Um, Turkey is it? Tur- no, Portugal. Somebody in Portugal really like basketball. I don't know if they living over there from Georgia or from the states, but we get a download from Portugal every every episode. A couple of downloads from Portugal. So appreciate that. Whoever it is listening in Portugal, we checking you out. We see you. You see that? And that Ukraine guy. I hope Ukraine female guy. Whoever. I hope you listen again. Get another download. I was very surprised to see Ukraine, and there's a war going on in Ukraine right now. And people still listen to basketball. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, check out that podcast. Like and subscribe. Share comments. Till next time. Peace. Mm.